are in a series called Gospels, and what we are doing is we are looking through the book of Galatians. By the way, my name is Justin, if you have not met me. So glad that you guys can join us this morning. Um, we, we have been in the series for a few weeks now. I think this is week five. Really, really fun book to go through, the book of Galatians. Uh, we're in chapter three, and what we just read about is... Um, we were looking at last week is just kind of the, the gangsterness of Paul. Uh, and because what happened was Paul in the, in the last chapter that we read, he confronts Peter on an issue of the gospel because Peter was talking a really good talk. Uh, and this is Peter the Apostle. If you were here for our Acts series, this is the dude that was doing all those crazy things. First person to preach. Thousands of people were getting saved. The dude's shadow was healing people. Amazing, amazing, amazing man of God. Yet... He, in his preaching of the gospel, what happened was his actions were not lining up with his words. And that sometimes is a struggle that we have. And, and we can be okay with that struggle because we see that Peter had that struggle as well. And so what, what we prayed last week was God put Paul's in our life that can correct us uh, when we begin to speak one way and act another way. And so we looked at uh, how... Peter's actions were saying, hey, yes, Jesus is great, but in order to be justified, in order to stand right before God, we also need to do good things. And so he started following the food laws, the purification laws of the Jewish people when they were walking around and hanging out with him, and Paul calls him out on that. And so right after Paul addresses Peter, we get into this next section of the letter, the book of Galatians is a letter to the church of Galatia, and Paul started off this letter incredibly frustrated. And after this kind of, he, he gives his testimony, his story, and that's what we were going over the past few weeks. And when we get to this point, he, he begins a new section in this letter, and he kind of rehashes where he started from. And he rehashes with this sense of disappointment that we're going to read from in chapter 3. Uh, starting in verse 1, but uh, last week the, the, the title was We Are Justified, and today our title is We Are People of Faith. We're going to be talking about faith today and how that intertwines with the message of the gospel and what that means for our life. Really excited to speak on this. And so starting in chapter 3, verse 1, Paul begins this, and it should sound a little familiar to us at this point with how he started the letter. He says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, does he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. So Paul starts off this, this section, again, how he started off the book, a, a strong sense of disappointment. I don't know if you grew up with your, your parents spanking you or beating you or maybe a little bit more, but I, I grew up in the, the spanking realm. They, 
I never got the chancleta to the face, so I'm a little bit less than some of you, but I still got the beatings. And, you know, when, when you grow up and you get spanked, it, it's one thing to kind of be disciplined in a physical way. And then as you get older, hopefully the physical discipline stops. And then at some point, there becomes just parental disappointment. And I feel like parental disappointment is harder to take on than a physical spanking because the spanking, it's like, you know, you get it, it's over. The disappointment is, is like, ooh, you know, I let you down. If, if you've ever let somebody down, it's, it's harder when you see the hurt in their eyes than it is, you'd rather sometimes that they lash out at you, you know, like, just give it to me, let me have it, just like, punch me in the face or something, you know, hit me, like, do something, I know I messed up, but you see just in their eyes, they're disappointed, maybe as a friend, maybe as a parent, and that hurts, and so that's kind of what Paul is laying on thick right here, he's laying on the disappointment thick, and he's just saying, what, what has happened to you? And he goes through this these series of questions, just kind of constantly laying layer on layer. He starts off with, who has bewitched you? And the next question, he says, did you receive the Spirit by doing good or by faith? And he says, are you so foolish? It's like, you know, when somebody asks you that, what are you supposed to say? Like, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> he says, did you start with the Spirit and end in the natural or in the flesh? Did you suffer for nothing? Did you go through everything that you went to to come to the point that you have now? Is that all for nothing? Is the spirit here by faith or because you are doing good deeds? These are the questions that Paul asks. And in these questions, we kind of begin to hear his heart about what is happening more, it's fleshed out more what is happening in this church at Galatia. See, what happened is, in these questions is Paul is saying two things about faith that he's, he's bringing to light. And he says, when you hear what faith, two things are happening here. He says, when you hear of faith, you, will, you allow for the receiving of the Holy Spirit. And when you hear what faith, you allow for the spirit to work. And what we learned last week is that we learned that good works cannot be our justification. Good works cannot be the thing that we go before God and we say, God, I'm ready to go to heaven. And God says, all right, show me what you've done. Why do you deserve to go to heaven? And we say, well, look at this. You know, last week there was a lady who couldn't cross the street. I helped her cross. You know, my neighbor, she couldn't get upstairs with her groceries. I helped her bring up her groceries. Didn't even rob her. You know, she had some money out in the foyer, and I didn't take any. And, you know, and, and, and you know, I, I, last time I cheated on a test, really long time ago. I, you know, some people at work, they, you know, they're taking really long breaks on purpose. I don't do that. You know, I'm a good employee. And so here's my list. Let me into heaven. And Paul says, no, you can't get into heaven on your good works. That's what we learned last week. Because all of us have sinned. You can have a list a thousand pages long. But if you go before God imperfect, that 
There's nothing that can stop that. And I, I, always, I love this analogy. It's, it's like saying to somebody, hey, I made you some brownies. And it's like, oh, great. I love brownies. Brownies are, thank you very much for this brownies. And you're about to put it in your mouth. And the person said, well, I just want to let you know some ingredients in these brownies. And it's like, okay, that brownie is 99% brownie goodness. Just best brownie you will ever taste. The other 1%, though, is just a little bit of feces that I threw in there. Just a little bit. And it's like, I'm going to put this brownie down now. I'm going to go wash my hands about 10 times. And that's how we go to God. It's like, God, I am 99% brownie goodness right now. Just accept me into heaven in all the goodness and the chocolate that I am. I know I'm a little bit of white chocolate, but it's okay. And then, but don't think about that 1% of, you know, just, eh. Don't think about that right now. And God, like any of us, would say, sorry. (laughs) 99% just is not cutting it. And so in order to get that 100%, Jesus came and he said, guess what? When you go to heaven and you have to stand before God and you are going to try to enter into the pearly gates, just remember my name. Because when you remember me and you believed in me here on earth, when you go before God, God will not judge you based on your actions, but he will judge you based on mine. And Jesus was 100% brownie goodness. He was the one that we would eat and say, this is good, there is nothing bad. He stands before God as perfect, as fulfilling the law 100%. He never sinned, he never did wrong, he never did anything that was against the law of God. And so we learn that good works cannot justify us before God because all of us have done something wrong. Whether it was a white lie or even when we were young, we stole something. Or the things that happen in our heart on a daily basis, they make us sinful. But then what Paul begins to jump into here is that good works can neither be the thing that initiates the Spirit's work in our life. See, we want good works to justify us before God, and then we want to tell God after we're justified, well, now that I'm good before you, look at all the great things I'm doing. I want you to do more in my life. And Paul says, no. Good deeds won't justify you, and good deeds won't allow the Spirit to work in you. That's not how the Spirit works. And let's dive into that. A little bit more in verse 7. Paul begins to flesh out these questions. He says, Know then that there is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law, and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. 
Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. See, what Paul is explaining here is there are two covenants. There is a covenant that God gives us in the Old Testament that is based on the law. But there is also a covenant that is based on faith. And what Paul is saying here, he says, when you follow the covenant based on the law, you have to follow the rules of the covenant of the law. So when you follow the covenant based on the law, you have to deal with the curses of the law. When you follow the covenant of the law, it says this, when you do good things, you are blessed. When you do bad things, you are cursed. If you cannot follow me, you are cursed. If you can follow me, you are blessed. The covenant of faith says this. I trust God alone for my salvation and nothing else. When you follow the covenant of faith, you enter into the promise. See, what the circumcision party was doing here is they were coming to the church in Galatians and they were saying this. Yes, you follow this covenant of faith, but you also follow the covenant of the law. You have to follow both of these things at the same time. They're saying, yes, you receive the promise by faith. You receive justification by faith. But also you have to live by the law. And Paul says here, wait, there's actually two different covenants. And you can't live by both covenants. You have to live by one or the other. And either you live by the law and you die by the law, or you live by faith and you die by faith. You cannot do both. Because what he says here is he says, you're, you're trying to live in this covenant of faith that I started to teach you in, and now you're trying to insert this covenant of the law. And it, it, I think of it like this. It's like imagine there's a baseball game and you're on a baseball team. And you're playing baseball, and you're really good at baseball. You start to learn how to play baseball. You know, you're, you're, maybe you're a hitter. Maybe you're a shortstop. You're whatever. You have all, you know, second base, first base, your outfield, whatever it is. You're getting good at baseball. And then somebody comes along and convinces you, actually, the rules of baseball are very similar to football. And how you play baseball is when they throw the ball at you, you got to take it, and you just got to run with that ball all four bases, and you get home. You start playing like that, what is going to happen? You are going to lose. Paul is saying, you I've taught you how to play baseball, and then someone convinced you that you play baseball with football rules. And when you think of it like that, then you, you're not too, like, why is Paul saying, are you so foolish? Because if somebody were to do that in real life, you would just think, like, you're being really dumb right now. Like, what, what is happening? I, I taught you how to play this but all of a sudden, you're playing this in that. You can't play baseball with football rules. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't go together. They are two separate sports. And so what the church in Galatia is doing is they're doing exactly that. They're trying to mesh in these two covenants where Paul is saying, if you live by the law, 
While trying to be in faith, you are going to be cursed. If you try to play baseball with football rules, you are going to lose. It doesn't matter how bad you can be playing versus the peewee people, like these, the three-year-olds. You are going to lose that game. There is no way that you can win. There is no way that we can truly understand the gospel. There is no way that we can actually make it before God if we live our lives based off of the law and not based off of faith. See, faith says you trust God, you trust that Jesus followed the law because I could not. Faith says you know that Jesus took the curse so that I did not have to. See, Jesus did not abolish the old covenant. He did not abolish the covenant of the law. He said, I am the fulfillment of it. I am going to take the curse of the law because I know you cannot be perfect. And so I will be perfect for you. Faith believes in Jesus as the one who said, I will do this in your place. It says, Jesus, I believe that I don't have to live under the curse because you took it on for me. And when that happens, when we look at God, and we come to him by faith and not by good works. When we come to him and say, I come to you in the name of Jesus, I come to you based off of the sacrifice of Jesus, and I believe, I trust, I have confidence in what he did. What that does is it gives us the ability to live in the spirit. It gives us the ability to live in the promise of the spirit. See, so many times when we want the Spirit, it's, I need to pray louder, Justin. I need to pray harder. Maybe God is, is deaf up in heaven, and I need to help him out a little bit. Maybe he, he took a nap, and I need to wake him up. I want the Spirit to work in my life. I got to be a better person. And it's easy for us to do what the Galatians did and start walking down that path. God, I, I want you to work in my life. I know how I'm going to do this. I'm going to obey so that I can get more of you. It's such a subtle thing. But instead, Paul says here, do you want the promise of the Spirit? Do you want to allow the Spirit to work in your life? Do you want to see the Spirit at work in your heart? Do you want the promise, the helper, 
the one that was said that would come after Jesus ascended into heaven, the one that we read about in Acts that when they gathered together and waited that God the Father sent the Holy Spirit and it said tongues of fire rested on their head. Do you want the one that when it said that Peter and John were walking that by their shadow people were healed? It wasn't, let me tell you, because Peter and John were good people. Peter had just finished denying Christ in front of three different people just a few days before that. It wasn't because they were amazing and they were great. It was because they had faith in who Jesus was and what he did. And so often we look at our life and we say, man, I want the spirit to work. I want the fruit of the spirit. I want the gifts of the spirit. And when we do that, we look at the covenant of the law because it appeals to us. I need to put my hands to do something. And then we say we start reading our Bible. We start praying more. And then we look at God and we say, God, why hasn't this happened in my life yet? You owe me this. God, you told me. That I heard that if I, if I read this amount of scripture and I pray this amount of days and if I'm, if I'm nice to people at my job and if I, if I stop doing this, then I was going to be happy. Why am I still not happy? Because as people, our nature is to take our salvation, our nature is to take this into our own hands and think, I can make an action plan to get the spirit. I can make an action plan to pay off my debt with God. I can make an action plan where I can begin to tip the scales again. Yeah, but I, I know you died for me. I know you did this great thing for me, but I'm going to start doing things for you now. And when I do things for you, you owe me more of your spirit. You owe me more of the gifts. You owe me more, more of the, the work of the spirit, of the fruits in my life. Well, Paul says, are you so foolish that you would start by faith and then that you would be perfected in the flesh? Are you so foolish that you would start in a place that says, God, it's you alone and only you that can do this, but then later on you become so wise and you become so big and you become so great that all of a sudden you have the answers to be perfected. You have the answers in yourself that, yeah, I've been doing this long enough, so I actually know how to get out of this situation on my own. I actually know how to get my life right again. Yeah, I know I've been slipping, but I actually, I know. I, last time I just had to read scripture. You know, I read 10 minutes a day. I prayed, you know, before I woke up, after I woke up, right before I went to bed. And it's, it's going to go away in a week because I know how this works already. I know what to do. Are you so foolish that you would start? saying, God, I cannot do this on my own. It is only you that can do this. There is nothing in me that has power to change me. Only you have the power to change me. And then one day we wake up and we start thinking, actually, I can do this. Are we so foolish that we would start by faith and be perfected in the flesh? See, what should liberate us this morning is that we don't have 10 things on our to-do list that we have to check off before the Holy Spirit is going to be working in your life. See, what God is asking for this morning is he says, will you hear with faith? 
Will you listen to what I've said with faith in your heart, not listen with dead ears, not listen from a place that says, oh, that would be cool if you did that. But listen to what God can do and say, God, you said it in your word, so I believe that you can do it this morning. There's things in our life that we have been struggling with that we have had no answer with before, that we have tried every formula in the book. We have said, uh, uh, I'm going to go to church more. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read more books. I'm going to talk to more people about this. And we keep on thinking, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? What do I have to do? And God says, you can do nothing. But listen with faith. Because when you hear God's word with faith, it does something. It allows the spirit to begin to come in and do the work that only God can do. It says, God, I'm helpless in this moment and in this place in my life. And I know the only thing that will work this out is you. When you read of the gifts of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit, you look at this person, this person of patience, this person of love, this person that loves God and loves his neighbors, this person that, that does not get angry easy, this person that does not throw temper tantrums, this person that does not have to have its own way and you look at that and you say man how will I ever obtain it and our, our instinct is to think how can I be better how do I discipline myself maybe if I start working out I'll be disciplined in every other area of my life too and, and Paul says no are you so foolish listen with faith that when God says his children will know his voice and they will be able to distinguish his voice from him and other voices, when you listen to that with faith, you realize that I can know the voice of God. When you look at what the Holy Spirit does, that he is our promise, our guarantee for heaven, for the life to come, You realize that you are now someone who will be in eternity with Christ and all the saints. Not because of what you've done, but because you've believed in what he has done. When you realize that the scripture is alive and it is powerful and it is real and it is working in your heart. It goes from a, a lifetime of trying to be better and do good to a moment of believing God with faith. Paul says from the very beginning it was by faith. You want to bring in Abraham, he says to this group of people that was trying to mess with the Galatians, let's talk about Abraham. He says, Abraham, it was counted to him righteous because he had faith in God, not because he was circumcised, not because he followed the law. The law of Moses didn't even exist for hundreds of years. It said that because of his faith in God, he was righteous. Let's talk about Abraham, the father of us all. 
This was a man who lived in a time when the Mosaic law did not even exist. He was not even circumcised yet, but he was righteous before God because he had faith. Paul explains this further. He says, to give a human example, brothers and sisters, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. This is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise. But God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Paul says, listen, even humans know to keep their word. How much more is God going to keep his word? God said hundreds of years before Moses was even born that this is by faith. God's ultimate goal was for every single person on earth to have the opportunity to be in his family and part of his people. It was always supposed to be by faith. This whole Jesus thing, it was not by accident. It was not an afterthought. It was planned that all people would be brought unto himself. Good works, they cannot make us right before God. And they cannot bring his blessings. They cannot bring his promises into our life. At every moment when we read scripture, at every moment when we pray, at every day when we wake up, we have the opportunity to hear by faith. Today we have the opportunity to hear by faith. To receive the Holy Spirit. To allow him to work in your life. The Bible describes the Holy Spirit as our helper. Some of you feel like you're alone in life today. You feel like you've been walking and there's been nobody by your side. You've tried friends, you've tried family, but they've let you down time and time again. The good news that I encourage you right now to hear with faith is that you have a helper. You are not alone this morning. You are not alone when you leave this place. You are not alone tomorrow. You are not alone in the depth of your darkness. In your hardest hour, you are not alone. The Bible describes his spirit as our comforter in a time of need, in times of mourning, in times of stress. Hear with faith right now that the Holy Spirit is a comforter and brings peace upon your life. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee of heaven to come. When you're anxious about your life, when you think, there's so much more I need. There's so much more I need to do. There's so much more. If you're wondering where will I go if I die today, if you're wondering is heaven even real, is this a thing that is made up, 
I encourage you today, hear with faith, because the Holy Spirit is our guarantee of heaven, of our inheritance. If you've been a Christian and you look at your life and you say, man, I am not bearing fruit. Where's this patience thing that I'm hurt, I hear about? Where's this I don't have to get my own way all the time? I feel anxious when I don't have control over things. Where is this thing that I don't have to lose my temper every time somebody does something against me? This, this whole love, love God and love your neighbor, it's so hard when they make it so frustrating. How do I get that in my life? Well, then I, I encourage you right now, hear with faith. Because the Holy Spirit will work in your heart. When you come to him, not with a list of what you can do and how you're going to make yourself better. But when you come to him and know it's only him that will work. The Holy Spirit is the gift giver. You read about the amazing things in Acts and Corinthians. It talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And you ask, how do I get these gifts? How are they given? Here with faith. Each one of us have gifts that the Holy Spirit has given. Whether it's to lead, whether it's to prophesy, whether it's to give, whether it's to encourage. He will give those gifts. For too long, we've tried to do this thing on our own. We have been living by the covenant of the law when God has said, from the very beginning, it's been about faith. Father, I pray that today we will have faith. Father, I thank you that you said faith of a mustard seed will move a mountain. It doesn't matter if we have great faith or we have small faith. This, an ounce of faith in our life, and you can do wonders in our hearts and in our lives this morning. Father, when things look too desperate in our lives, that we would have faith in you. Father, when it looks like our world is collapsing, We would have faith you know just what in you. And God, I look to you. I know the overwhelmed. That we would have faith. Give me vision. That. To see things allows like us to receive you. God, that we would have faith. That allows you to work. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do, and I 